The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the winemakers. This is episode three. I'm here with Sam Katuri and uh, Steve Law from McLaren and Brian Casey. How are you guys doing today, man? Good. How are you doing, John? I can't complain. I'm, look at the wines we've Five seconds today. of silence beautiful. is hard for this group. It's totally behind the, pulling back the curtain. But before you start recording things, you have to be quiet for five seconds. Yeah. Nobody at this table can do that. I Ooh, almost Brian. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, was, uh, Brian was about to blow. Well, you gotta, you know, you have to have a place to edit. So yeah. anyway. Well, I, was, I wanted to know if you could hear that. Can you hear the music in the back? It's almost like a spa. It's got that. Well, we're broadcasting live from McLaren Tasting Room today. No, it's a tasting lounge. Tasting. That's lounge. That's why it's nobody that wants music. to have a tasting room. Everybody it's a wants tasting to, spa. A tasting spa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I already have my uh, my first Christmas decoration there from you from your uh, we uh, opened a McLaren. Now, what what did we open the uh, Viognier? The very first uh, one. It's beautiful. There you go. And uh, so, but anyway, we want to start out today. Let me see. We are in. In deep in, in, in May, and uh, ah, I love that sound. Do we have a, is there somebody who, who can do the, here we go. Ooh. Wow. Bing. That was a little hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kind of worried. Easy on the crystal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Safety goggles necessary <laughs> sitting next to this John. dangerous podcasting. Yeah, no uh, kidding. Yeah. So I won't do it that hard next but, time. But uh, yeah, there's things happening glass. in the vineyard. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's go there. Uh, well, first off, it's... Uh, we're broadcasting today. It's the 11th of May uh, in Sonoma. There is Bud Break in Cab Franc in Oakville as there of yesterday. Wow. Not Bud Break. Bloom. 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 Okay. Bloom. So bloom. 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 No yeah. more rain whatsoever uh, at all. We would greatly no. appreciate that. Yeah, we don't want to shatter this year. No rain. There's, it's windy. It's cold. I mean, you know, this is what happens. We had 95 degrees two weeks ago. Everything pushed really, really hard. As somebody said, we're, we're almost caught up to last year, and last year everything was crazy early. Uh, and then, so things are starting to bloom, and low pressure's moved in. It's cold and windy and foggy, and we're now, now the race is on. And it's supposed to heat up a little bit for next week, starting Saturday, like 70 and, and yeah, sunny. Mild, Should which is, nice. you know, yeah. that's spring around here. Why don't you need uh, 96 yet? Nope. No, that was that was that was harsh. That was a slap it's in the face. It's not good for the vines, and it's not good for Scottish people either. Uh, you don't you don't grow that up with that, do you? Bright May wow. sun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I got a nice tan actually. My my daughter and I went to Six Flags or Great America or Marine World. I don't know what they call it's it now. Called now. Um, called but I put I put sunscreen on her. I didn't put sunscreen on me. So I went from solid That's why you look like Trump today. White to dark. <laughs> That's good though, because normally it takes a Scotsman about four weeks to go from blue, which is our natural color, to white. <laughs> <laughs> so the the vines are looking good. Things huh? are things are growing. Um, about an inch and a half a day. An inch and a half. You know, we're I don't know if we're quite to that peak um, vegetal growth yet. I mean, maybe it was last week when it was warm. Yeah, um, like we said in our first podcast, it's like Riggy Field. It's yeah, just it's, a it's starting ivy, to turn green. Huh? Yeah, um, you know, as we move closer to the solstice, is when you get those really, you know, super long sun days. You know, sun won't set till nine thirty at night. 
Um, and that's when crazy, those crazy two inch days of, of growth on the shoots in the vineyard is, uh, will start to happen. Yeah. I don't know how you keep up at that point. Uh, I mean, every- well, you know, my, my dad always says that his job is to create order out of chaos, which uh, in, you know, if you look like across that. a 50 acre vineyard, <laughs> it's totally impossible. But um, if, if that's the goal, you learn the property, you learn the vineyard, you, you know, you pay attention to the weather and the patterns and you figure out, you know, the places that are going to grow the fastest and the hardest and the places that are going to lag behind. And, and you, you know, if, even if it's vine to vine. You start to uh, adjust when you prune it, how you prune it, um, you know, what you're watering, what you're fertilizing, um, you know, what goes through and gets gets hedged first and, you know, suckered first. All those things, you know, that's the fine tuning of a, of a vineyard that happens over the course of, you know, a decade. Well, it sounds like everybody's out in the vineyard. You were out yesterday steve mm-hmm. and uh you found some ticks <laughs> but yep. how, on, how were the vines looking? on your dog i hope <laughs> actually it was on said uh, my jeans oh on the outside of the jeans okay <laughs> yeah. better than the inside of the jeans yeah so as john said it's they're actually impossible to kill but i actually squished it and threw it out the window so it's roadkill and 101 somewhere there you go yeah is that what's is that why 101 is close to that yes. uh, that's it's so strength he hey, just squished it like a off? bug are you guys cutting out there <laughs> No. Okay. Good. Okay. Then it's my headphones. It's those fancy, but John yeah, got us all regular headphones, and he has these fancy. I know, we have we have I, earbuds. <laughs> yeah. Well, what can I say? Um, <laughs> you know what? They're they're 15 years old, so it, it, they're the ones you want to wear uh, when you're on the airplane, and the kids crying, and you know, 3A behind, you know, in front of you, etc. Right. So noise canceling. I like that. Even part. in first class in British Airways, John. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> hey, it's all points, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Here's so, what happens. John buys wine from us on his credit card. There and you then go. he flies yes, to France points. on the points with the wine he buys a from us. A lot of wine. A lot of wine. Well, you know, you're giving back to the community. You, you, get it, exactly. you, you get it for dining too, Brian. So I can, you know, get points on dining. You come see me because I have some really nice bottles I want you to try at uh, Sante. I would love to, believe me. So... Get my wife well, and everybody will be happy. We'll be there for 20 minutes, Brian. It's a wine list and an iPad. You get to play with an iPad (laughs) at a fancy dinner table. That's true. I I looked up the wine list the other day, and, you know, you go from, you know, what, 40 bucks to Uh, $2,500. $40, you can get something by the glass. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's 18 (laughs) by the glass. 18 by the glass for uh, 16,600 Syrah. 16,600 Syrah is is going well by the glass. Yeah. 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 It sells. It's going. It's going. Yeah. Good. I got to come in and do, talk to you guys. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, once you get your leg back yeah, in I was order. Say, it's going to take so. you a while yeah. to walk out there. I'm, I'm sending my dad to New York to work the market next week because cause I can't walk around New York. Oh, Sam, it's the Fairmont. You pull up and you pull up a little valet. We'll get Fair you enough. a wheelchair and wheel, wheel you right, right into right the in. restaurant. Will you actually do the talk for me? You, <laughs> hey, there I just you go. Show up He's, way He's your <laughs> valet, man. There you go. <laughs> That's it. So you tore your ACL, man. Yeah. Skiing in Tahoe? Skiing in Tahoe, not in a vineyard. Oh, man. Ouch. <laughs> but uh, I, I did my first like. normally ski in the vineyard? Uh, it's been a few years <laughs> down Norvom Road. <laughs> down Norvom Road. We've gotten snow up there. Not enough to ski, really. Not not in my lifetime. But well, you yeah. guys are big skiers, and you you, know, you go there a lot. So I mean, this was a bad accident. Sorry about that, dude. And well, I really you know, have to send my apologies. Here. It's uh, when you spend as many 
days on the mountain as I have in my life. Um, you know, going to college right. up there. I, I was I was due. I had enough hours and miles on the mountain bef- due for a surgery. But I'll be back up. So everything in the uh, field is looking good. And what's coming up organic-wise? Are, are you treating anything yet? Are you- um, we've, we've started to do some fertilizing. Um, you know, we, we inject uh, compost tea into the irrigation system. And, you know, start in places that need it, places that are slow growers. Um, give them a, a little injection of, uh, of compost tea and kind of jumpstart that growth a little bit. Um, you know, the, the biggest things that are going on right now is sort of uh, management of cover crop slash weed, uh, the weeds in the vineyard. Um, Getting too heavy? Yeah, and you know, you want to, at this point it's starting to get, you know, there's competition over, over water resources, um, there's the possibility of, of stagnant air because of, of grasses and cover crops that have grown into the, okay. into the vine area, go. and that's where you get mold and mildews. Yeah. Everything's um, tall. Everything's tall. Everything yeah. grew a lot this winter because there was a lot of soil moisture and then a, yeah. a lot of sunshine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, I was walking through a vineyard the other day, hobbling through a vineyard the other day. Uh, <laughs> not skiing. And, not skiing. <laughs> and, and there was, you know, five-foot-tall oat grasses. Yeah. Uh, you know, my height, I'm looking eye to eye with uh, the cover crop. Um, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. It's you know, Well, you know, it's it's a good sign. It's a, it's a lot of healthy. material right. to, to put back into the soil. Right. But at, at this point, it starts to become a, a farming problem. So, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing that's going on is, you know, and then the other side of that is when you take down the tall cover crops, you can get the shorter, you know, flowering plants to start happening. So the clovers have been going next will be the Elysium, uh, things that are, are attracting pollinators and, and beneficial insects. So that's, you know, kind of the transition that's happening. You weed it in between the vine rows. You, you bring out other equipment, you know, we're not using Roundup. We're not spraying those vine rows. To Thank you very clean. much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to find other ways of doing it. And, but by doing that, you can then promote other growth. Yeah. If you do Roundup, you can't grow anything. Right. So that's, that's you know, the transition that we're in right and, now. And, you know, to go riff on that Roundup a little bit, I heard that the, in, in these mega farms in Iowa and Kansas, et cetera, they're actually spraying right before they harvest. So it's drying the crop out. It's used as a desiccant. Yeah, that in, in and wheat the, yeah. particularly. And yeah. it's like, no, thank you. Don't, no, please. Yeah. I'll eat my bread without Roundup. Thank you very I much. appreciate you know, it very so. much. A Sonoma-free Roundup. Yeah. And are we still again. questioning the election? You just told us what's going on in between New York and California. Is there spraying Roundup on their food? Right. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And and they're spraying it all over the Midwest. Uh, California. Uh, uh, well, if, if you, yeah, I mean, you can't eat. Locally, if if it's not grown, right. Um, however, you know there are there are places everywhere that's it's starting to go farm to table, and that's a big movement everywhere. Uh, I talked to our friend Mike the Baker in Sonoma. Almost all of the grains that he processes, he processes his own grains, and he's buying them all in Northern California. I mean, there is the ability. That's the great thing we, in California is we have the ability to actually grow all of our own food we can grow all our own wheat right. we can grow our own soybean i mean even from the sort of base cereal grains the bases of of you know the processed food world uh up to the highest ends of, of agriculture and cuisine we can we can do it all in california as long and as we have the water as long as we have the water <laughs> right that's well, important this well it's no problem <laughs> Pardon? This year's not a problem. No, it's not. But <laughs> but they say, you know, if it had gone really warm like it was a couple of weeks ago, 
all the snow would have melted right away. And that was a bad thing. That's our fall water up there. Reserve. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is a reserve. So. Yeah. Well, Sam wouldn't have torn his ACL if it all melted. Yes. Yeah, right. so. Well, it was, you know, we'd finally been able to ski. I was taking advantage of every last minute. And, and that's no, when I, I, I see my son calling from Chicago here, so I won't get that, but I'll say hello to him anyway. So, hi, Mikey. Uh, anyway. Don't um, eat the bread. Yes. Don't, don't, eat, don't, the eat, bread. The, don't eat the bread. <laughs> now we're all talking with a brogue because Steve Law is here. He's Scottish. I, don't, I can't uh, do accents, so I won't, I won't go there, Steve. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I won't either. Believe me. He says I sound like, uh, what did you say? I thought it was more for a Pakistani there accent you were trying to do <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so the fields are looking good and things are moving along and we're heading towards Memorial Day, of course. Yeah, I mean, the race is on to get things ready, um, especially in the vineyard development side. And speaking um, of the race, the Indy 500, McLaren, I know it's spelled different, but McLaren is going to race different part uh, the, of the Indy clan, 500. But a different part of the clan. Unfortunately, I'm not related. Same That's tartan, different bad. part of the clan, though? Yeah, like uh, not same. related, unfortunately. Yeah. They're going to race in the Indy 500 for the first time. Uh, Alonzo's going to race. So, hey, if you can't go fast in Formula 1, maybe you can go fast on the Oval. So, I mean, <laughs> I lived there for a long time. It's, that was a fascinating thing to do, to go out to practice and go out to have fun. But, and they didn't drink wine there. They really didn't. No, why? They drink a lot of beer. You know what, though? That's that's changing. <laughs> Is it? Some of, I have, you know, some, I don't, I'm not in any of those markets. I don't know if you are, Steve, but um, there's some really strong markets in, and especially that sort of upper Midwest, uh, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, obviously, Michigan. Um, well, Chicago and Indianapolis are, are huge areas. Now you go down to St. Louis, Kansas City, sure. I mean, it's the same thing. If they're not drinking Budweiser, they might as well drink wine. So. Well, isn't right. Louis, uh, wasn't it? You know, the Louis Chardonnay and the Syrah, wasn't he, was he formerly yeah. a, a race car driver? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Race car drivers love wine. They 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 drink a lot of wine and then they Absolutely. start a lot of wineries. They, they do. They, they, they start wineries all the time. It's because they have yeah. a lot of money to waste. Well, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, A.J. Foyt has his... his A.J. Foyt. Andretti? Uh, um, Andretti's got something. Have. What was that guy with the Adobe Road? That's right. That's, he, but um, he, he's, he races Aston Martins, and, and kind of, it's like the uh, real sexy stock car. So Aston you know. Martins. Aston Martins and Audis and What's funny, and is, what's funny is you doing an accent saying that. <laughs> you like, put it on extra thick. <laughs> Surely, money penny. Get Surely. the Aston Martins. That sounds like fun, racing Aston Martins. Uh, Other I people's Aston Martins. You don't want to race your own. No, 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 not mine. I want to hey, race yours. Hey, look, I, I get to go do that Uh a couple of weeks from now out at that uh, Sonoma Raceway, the McLaren. Oh, so, look yeah, out, big, Sonoma McLaren. Raceway. Oh, yeah, believe me. That's Steve Page, a lot warning, of fun. warning. So, uh, well, it's all part of, of my friends who are coming to town from the uh, Juvenile Protective Association nice. in Chicago. Uh, you know, and they, it's all part of this package. They've been in San Francisco for a few days and dining at all the great restaurants are coming up. Uh, have a tasting with you Saturday afternoon, heading up to uh, your your private vineyard, yeah. and and exp- have uh, Phil explain organic farming to them, and and um, talk with, talk with Arden. What's that? I've heard he knows a wee bit about that. Uh, he's one of the people to talk to if you want to know about <laughs> growing grapes. Just a wee bit. A wee bit. <laughs> a wee bit. Sarcasm doesn't translate on podcast, does it? It actually does. Lost, lost in translation, <laughs> I think, Steve. Yeah, that was a great movie, too. So. All right. Well, okay. So we were talking about, you know, we've been diving into the fields and what's going on. How did last year turn out? Because it was so weird and so dry. And we were on, you know, everybody was cutting back on water. You know, twenty thirty percent. Um, 
How did that affect last year? And, and how were the, what were, what were the grapes like? What was the quality like? And what was the volume like? Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, from, from our perspective, I mean, we were in cooler climate areas anyway. Um, so in terms of the water deficit, it wasn't such a big problem because we weren't getting that much sun. But I think 16 was definitely a warmer vintage. I think I would compare it more like a 13. Um, I mean, it was a bigger vintage anyway. And so even in the, the, the cooler climates, we were getting a lot more sun. So the wines typically for us that were making, you know, sub-13 or between 13, 13, 5 are coming in in the higher side of 13. Um, they're definitely bigger wines. They've got a little bit more fruit component to them. The fruit was gorgeous, though. I mean, the, the quality of the fruit was beautiful. Um, we have some lovely depth of flavor to the wines. There's some lovely complexity in the wine um, because we did get some nice some nice hang on the, on some of the fruits, definitely in the, the cooler climate area. So for 16, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the wines. I mean, they're, they're tasting good in barrel right now. Oh, and the Viognier is delicious. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was quite the wine. Yes. No, know, so. Viognier has always been a favorite ever since my Condrieu days. I love Viognier. This, actually, has got a little con- this has got a little Condrieu in it too. Yeah. It's well, sure. actually, no, I didn't. I couldn't afford Condrieu, well, no, so got it's got actually a, Russian River. Uh, yeah, it's, it has that uh, the similarities too. Thank you. A little style. <laughs> a little bit stylistically. <laughs> I, I, dude, you're telling me if I could get some Condrieu Viognier. <laughs> well, I actually, I mean, from the the style they make, I actually tried to copy a little bit in terms of plagiarize the style. So it's actually barrel fermented and barrel aged. So I'm trying mm. to actually kind of accentuate a little bit more of that oiliness. So but, is um, n- neutral oak, new oak? Nu- neutral. Neutral oak. Yeah. I picked it relatively early. It's only 13%, so I, so I kind of tried to keep a little bit more acidity has, in the It one. has really nice ripe fruit, though. Oh, yeah. For, for oh, that. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is Russian River, Frediani Ranch. Okay. Great source, lovely fruit. It has some lovely uh, lovely flavors to it, but just by putting it into the neutral oak, it gave it a little bit more of that oiliness in the mid-palate, which I kind of like from the from the Viennese and Condrieu and stuff, so that oh. was what I was trying to emulate. No, it's good. Yeah, it's tasty. Yeah. Um, I only made thirty-five cases though, and between, between the wife, between Heather and myself, I think we've managed to drink about seventeen <laughs> of them so far. So. Well, he brought a shiner over the other day, so that was great. <laughs> Nothing like depleting depleting your own supply. Where did all, we sold out of Viognier already? How come? <laughs> well, seventeen cases went to home use. Uh, <laughs> Well, so how's everything looking with yours? So sixteen for us. I mean, um, we don't make cool climate wine, um, so that's not something that we're necessarily concerned with. We liked the heat. Um, Water-wise, we did fine. Um, the the sixteen vintage, and I said this. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it until it's in bottle, and I actually get to sell it. I, I've never tasted wine out of the press, you know, straight into barrel that I wanted to bottle and sell. Wow. It, it was, it was, uh, you know, well, it, it's a slight exaggeration, a but lot. really like you, uh, I was ready to sell the wine that was in the barrel two weeks after we'd pressed it. You're talking uh, about white and red. You're talking, talking about, about whites and reds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I did a, I did an amazing tasting yesterday, actually. It was uh, Oakville Ranch, uh, which is a big property in Napa that my dad farms. Uh, a who's, truly who's who list of, of Napa winemakers showed up with their 16 samples from nice. all over the ranch and it's all this is all cabernet uh, a little bit of cab franc and this you know is a, a conversation between my dad and these winemakers and it gets really deep into to the soils of each individual block the cover you know not the cover crop the the rootstock of each block the clone of cab and how all these kind of pieces play together and and again we're tasting raw cab from oakville it you know shouldn't be anywhere near delicious i mean it's going to be you can tell it's going to be delicious but it shouldn't be at yeah. at this point yeah right and it was yeah. all great 
It was all there was nuanced, you know, layers of, of aromas and flavors, things, you know, integrated in a way that, you know, six months after going into the barrel, it, it shouldn't be there yet. Um, it should be good. You should see that's the very potential, interesting, but though. It, it shouldn't be there yet. Oh, that's so, great. I mean, as far as 16s go, after sort of the the uh, dearth of wine that <laughs> we're going to produce out of this region in the 15 vintage, mm. um, you know, so that shortage and then the quality that we're going to put out in six, with the 16 reds, um, you know, wine collectors out there in the, in the listening audience, get ready to... to Gobble up any 15s that you can because they're going to go fast. That's it. There's and not then, a lot. And then because of that, the demand for the 16s is going to be even higher. So, Brian Casey, looks like you and I have a lot of good wine to drink coming up. I'm looking forward to it, John. <laughs> me too, baby. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> so, Sam, you haven't bottled anything yet. Uh, no Viognier, no Rosé. No, I've bottled, uh, I've bottled Rosé, okay. two different single vineyard uh, Rosés. Stupid bad wine making business decision, good wine drinking decision. Uh, two single vineyard rosés, both Grenache and uh, Sauvignon Blanc, are the two 16s I have in, in bottle. Um, and they'll be rolling out in the tasting room soon. They already sent them out to wine club members. Um, and and then we'll be doing. I, the I rest must of need it. to pick up a shipment. Though. You do have a, a shipment to pick okay. up. You gotta. Um, you have to rack up some I, some more points some, so you yeah. can go on another trip. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you should come in the. It, it's a great. Uh, I'm I'm stoked about this club. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you see me tomorrow. Well, then, Perfect. John, do you want to mention the the reason Bart Hansen isn't with us he today? Is, oh He's yeah, right. bottling. Bart Hansen, our other uh, winemaker, is uh, bottling at Lasseter. Uh, it is Lasseter. Yeah, bottling today and tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, they were getting everything ready today. So bottling is really interesting. I've seen some high volume uh, places, and I've also seen you know a line coming where. A guy just slaps the label on like that, and you know it's hand bottled, and you know everything is done by hand. Over, you know, and, and this happened to be in Bordeaux, a little tiny place that, you know, but old, 150 years old, still everything by hand, like you guys do, one barrel at a time. That's pretty much it. So if you get if you get a barrel done in a day, you're stoked. Yeah, you get two barrels. You get you know, if you're doing it truly by hand. You can maybe get 60 cases. Bottle done one barrel and drink the other? Bottle one barrel, drink the other. That's definitely the French way. Yeah, we didn't have much of the 2015. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Steve drank it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in my Aston Martin. Yes, there you go. Hopefully you're not, you drive your Aston Martin to the bottling and not home from the no, bottling. No, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, interesting enough, we did send uh, Brian Casey on uh, an, an assignment this last week mm. and uh, that was to look for interesting great inexpensive bottles of wine and you went to bottle barn this bottle time, barn right? so so um, my daughter barry what barry at bottle barn he's, barry, a, he's the buyer there he's an awesome barry at bottle barn he's I got love the him. most amazing ability to buy wine yeah he it knows, is he knows um it's like toys r us for adults um, and my daughter goes to her swim team on Mondays. So what I do is I drop her off, get her settled in, and I'm either over to Bottle Barn or to Russian River um, to pick up either beer, beer, beer or wine. wine. <laughs> um, but this last week, I, I went over to Bottle Barn and got some, I think I paid $23 for a Topless Creek. Um, but other than that, I think I got five bottles all under 20 bucks. Um, one of them was Morgan's, the Shebang. Shebang. Which uh, got a lot of good response on Instagram um, oh, and Facebook for the for the name, um, and and that one was that was an unusual white blend. I think it had um, Sauvignon Blanc and some some grape that I'd never even heard of. Um, was it? Is it? Uh, he made a, a 
a white with a like obscure Spanish or Portuguese. That's grape. what it was, and I wish I would have yeah. bought the bottle. And I and when I first opened it up, I actually I I it was a little bit fat for me. I put it back in the fridge, and I'll do this once in a while. About four days later, open it back up, and it was really good. That kind of the acid came out and was really enjoying it. So, um, so what do you think that then means for that wine? It means it needs more age for it to... You know, I don't know. With that sometimes with the, the white wines, if, if I'm not really digging it at first, I'll put the cork back on, put it back in the fridge. And I mean, people say one or two days in the fridge, but I've had wines in the fridge for four days, five days, six days, and, and I'll open them back and up. And it doesn't oxidize? It doesn't oxidize at all. Huh. Yeah. Well, and maybe it's because I'm not... Fridge. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm not pouring, just, you know, half the bottle out or yeah. Once you're below out. the label, just drink it. Right. You know, other yeah. than that, you can you can um, save it for a while. Yeah, and then um, what did I have? Uh, tribute to Grace, uh, Grenache Rosé. Mm. I think 17 bucks was, uh, was a steal. True star of, uh, of uh, Grenache, Grenache. Uh, Master, right yeah. there. Yeah, that was really good. Um, um, well, what did I bring in today? Uh, Lioko Chardonnay. So I've been been on the chardonnay thing after trying the uh tried a william salem unoaked chardonnay really liked it and so was was kind of looking into lioko because i heard they did some stainless steel stuff and they do really long ferments um i've heard of them actually fermenting in in 10 to 12 year old um used barrels and doing a 9 to 12 month ferment um on their chardonnay wow Hmm. Um, really don't interesting and don't stir it at all they just leave the leaves sitting Unstirred on the bottom and yeah hmm. um, really interesting so I picked up a bottle of their their lower end Chardonnay that's done all in stainless steel um, and goes through a little bit of mallow but delicious I mean light clean crisp I, I just think Chardonnay has been getting a little bit of a bad rap I, maybe well, not necessarily in the in, 1980s I mean just because people put too much oak in it that was all. I mean, if you clean yeah. it, clean the taste up a little bit. Yeah. I don't want buttery, oaky chard. That's yeah. it. And a lot of those Chardonnays, and this is a you know sort of behind again behind the curtain in the winemaking. A lot of those Chardonnays were testing grounds for all sorts of oak additive, uh, right? Prod, you know, processes. Chips, uh, staves. chips, staves, right. powders. Dust. Dust. Yeah, exactly. The Ooh, dust. dust. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, one. you just sprinkle sprinkle a little oak dust in there. It's like Ooh, magic fairy like dust, and all of a sudden your wine tastes delicious. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real happy to hear that oak yeah. dust. Oak yeah. dust. Yeah. yeah, oak dust. Well, and yeah. and it's funny because I sent you guys an article this week about why two buck chuck could ever be two bucks at retail. And, you know, that was, it goes, it harkens back to a time when Trader Joe's came in and that retail experience, people were looking for this, wow, I discovered this treasure at, at you know, it's a wine that's only $2. Wow. And it became a big deal. Well, they were, you know, there's just an article in, I think it was Bloomberg News uh, this last week about why can it be so cheap? Well, Fred because it is sugar water and crap i mean it's really really bad so don't bring one over to my house well mass and production i mean they're saving money on volume they're saving money on cost of glass they're saving money on corks, corks. They're, they're saving they're money saving. on everything they're growing in a heat um, bad heat right. that's not like they're here so they're getting 15 volume. tons to the acre right right where we get you know i don't know what you get in out there in the russian river but uh you know cabernet that we're growing on the top of moon mountain Two tons two, of the acre yeah. is like, right. we're stoked. You know, yeah. Robert came in, <laughs> is usually, you know, his anger is manageable if it's 1.7 tons right. to the acre. 
Yeah, we're, we're somewhere on the Sarai. The Sarai got a little bigger, we're, yeah. Well, actually, we're lower. We're oh, about, lower. Yeah, because it's uh, cooler out there. So we're getting yeah. less sun. So we're between 1.5 and 1.7 tons an acre. On Syrah? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, the whole idea is that, you know, you want to look for wines that are good and well put together and not go for the two-buck chuck. That's well, the whole idea about the market. Friends don't let and friends the, drink two-buck chuck. And the, the article. Friends you know, don't have friends who drink uh, two-buck chuck. Yeah, well, I don't know that I've <laughs> ever really had anybody bring that over or anything like that. Um, I have had somebody bring a, a fairly good uh, Bordeaux, you know, t- red table wine from uh, uh, Trader Joe's. But, you know, it was just... I don't know, mid-priced bottle, but no, it's a, it was just an interesting article, and you well, went out and you discovered some good stuff this week. I got, I got some really good stuff, and you know, you're not going to get a lot of stuff from Sonoma or Napa that's in that price range, but um, um, I think uh, Morgan's was North Coast, so it mm-hmm. was sourced, uh, you know, pretty much Sonoma County, but a lot of Central Valley stuff. I know you like that Han Red Blend. Yeah, uh, that I do. Is your, that is one of your go-tos. I know. <laughs> right. Um, that's really good. I don't know. Joan was on a buying kick and bought something else off the same level, and it was like, oh, this is really garbage. I'm sorry. I'm not drinking this stuff. It went out. Actually, it went to co- into cooking stock. So Perfect. You know, uh, you know, that's I don't exactly know. what you I, need. I, I don't like to cook with any wine that I wouldn't drink. No. I, 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 would rather, drink. I would rather, maybe this, you don't have this problem, John, but I'd rather cook with a bottle of wine that didn't get finished. Uh, of something good right then something i don't have a problem with that because i don't always finish them although that that uh that policy has ended up in some my like my mom put in put in some really good bottles of wine that were just opened the day before that we were waiting to see how they were into (laughs) the food you're like well all right well we're gonna we're gonna eat a stew made with chateau reyes tonight and that's just kind of the way it is (laughs) get me a biscuit to sop up that sauce oh yeah scarpetta in italian so (laughs) So what are we? We've already had a taste of the McLaren um, Viognier. Beautiful, and beautiful stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot. And then Brian, what else did you, you brought? Well, Steve actually opened up some of his uh, Pinot Noir rosé as well. Um, and I don't know what the vineyard source was. It doesn't have a label on it. So this was a shiner. It's a shiner. It's a shiner. This is a shiner from the Means no label. Ranch in Bennett Valley. In Bennett. Oh, nice. And I used the six six seven clone. Okay. Um, and then we were also drinking a little bit of the, uh, the Lyoko, the 2015 Sonoma County shard. And then, yeah, fill it up. You know, I haven't had this. We've got a little bit of McLaren Syrah open, but we also opened up a uh, Chateau Bonnet. We had, a uh, Andre Lorton, uh, 96. Now I know last week, I think we had something old open too. Um, but that was the Phelps, uh, Gewurz. So we did a little, a uh, little French red. Uh, which has got a little French funk on it, which is nice. Um, Delicious stuff. I like the French funk. And then Sam Sam brought a bottle of Landmark Syrah. From the Kibblestad, Kibblestad Vineyard. Yeah, and, 2012. And Probably I told, the last year they made this. And I told him that I had had the Grenache, and he said, we need to talk about this. So tell me, what are we talking about? Because right. I swear I bought a Grenache from Landmark last year. It must have been like a 2013. Um, so the Landmark Winery in northern Sonoma Valley, Kenwood area, um, surrounded by a vineyard we call the Steel Plow Vineyard because it was originally planted by uh, heirs to the John Deere fortune. Um, it recently, eh, 2014 maybe, um, was sold to a big corporation uh, of which we've all had many of their products in our lives from fruit to bottled water. Um, and they 
don't really their corporate model doesn't really care for Rhone varietals. It's all about Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Uh, so over the course of the last few years, they've they've phased out all of the Rhones that they make uh, and just focus on on Pinot, Chardonnay, Russian River, and uh, Central Coast Mountains. Um, the vineyard, however, the steel plow vineyard that surrounds their winery is is mostly Grenache with a little bit of Syrah, Mavedra, and Viognier. That's where our Viognier comes from. So they didn't rip it out. They didn't rip. They haven't ripped it out yet. <laughs> we we currently lease it um, for at least a couple more years. Um, and, and who's buying it? So is is Jordan buying that for Kievelstad? No. So this is this the is pre purchase. Um, of Landmark, and this was fruit that Landmark bought from the Kivelstats, uh, their vineyard on Bennett Valley. Um, huh. And you know, I don't know if Jordan sells any fruit from there anymore. Um, I, I don't know, you know, because he makes the Kivelstat wine. I'm sure he needs volume on that, and grapes that you own are the best kind of grapes to have. Well, they uh, tend to blend a little bit with Sierra fruit. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff there. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to try this. A, a lot of, in fact, I think almost all of the Kivelstat fruit. Before Kibblestadt started making their own wine, was going to Landmark for this for this project. Right, right. Jordan's a hell of a business guy. I'll tell you that. You know, I mean, well, he's a he's a busy man between owning and operating, making wine, and probably uh, I don't know what his market share is, but if you've had keg wine, you know, wine on tap at a bar or restaurant anywhere in the I country. Would say about hundred percent of that in the last year is him yeah, free, free flow, flow free flow wine. It's a brilliant idea. You don't have to bottle anything. You don't. If if Lasseter was kegs. doing all wine and casks right now, Bart would be here today. Uh, <laughs> it's easy bottling. There's no materials. There's no label. There's no foil. There's no wax. There's nothing. You put it in a keg and you ship it around the country. And, it, and he's got 150,000 of those kegs at any one point being all used, moving around, yeah. being sent back, being refilled, and and it goes into a shop like Jamie Powers over at Cy, mm-hmm. where she's you know it's a champagne, a bubbly shop, but she also has a little beer. And if you want a glass of wine, she's got that system, the free flow system. So, Why do, do, do they do sparkling in kegs? No, no, no but, okay. she, but she, for all so of she her, has all some still wine. wines, could right? They do that though? Okay. I wonder if they could do that. That's what I was wondering. It'd be kind of cool. It would have to be super reinforced, but with I mean, titanium, yeah, think but about a, that. a beer, <laughs> I don't know if they could do it, right? I mean, beer, you're in a keg, it, right? it would have so. to be it's like scuba tank. You'd technology. have to do the secondary fermentation. In the kegs, yeah. right? Which yeah, wouldn't work. Huh? I don't think it could. I don't think yeah. it happen. Can't, you can't rack and riddle. Try riddling a yeah. keg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam doing it. <laughs> it's like turning the helm on a on a big old very boat, right? large men to riddle the kegs. <laughs> yes, men, men, men. <laughs> men. Oh. Is it wrong? <laughs> I think about the racks for the. It would be it would be a nightmare. Yeah. The only way to do it would be to artificially. Uh, carbonate yeah which then no what are you doing it's not go buy a bottle of champagne that's right yeah. that's the idea but her still wine is it comes out from uh, jordan's system so and it's a good green model i mean you're talking about right. eliminating a lot of glass a lot of foil a lot of corks a lot transportation of, uh, you know carbon footprint smaller right yeah um if you're if you're making wine in volume that um you are into the distribution you know into thir- three tier markets you know out in out in the world like that and expect it to be poured by the glass at places um and God, you know, it'd be, if I had enough wine, I'd do it for sure. Every wine bar I went in in Paris had that system. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that's it's it. the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to have a lot of volume. The wine stays fresh. You have to have a lot of volume. You have to have a lot of volume. Yeah, you have to have a yeah. lot of volume. 
Well, guys, uh, we have come to the end of episode three, and um, I want to thank every, everybody for listening, and we will be back from Steve Law's McLaren Tasting Lounge. Tasting Lounge. lounge. Okay. Spa. Uh, tasting for, spa. For next week. So, uh, I'm ready for my treatment. All right. Enjoy, everybody, and thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week on thanks, John. The Winemakers. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.